We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Football Podcast Feed is presented to you by Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy. This week on Yahoo on Week 2, it's the Million Dollar Baller. It is back and once again continues to be rake and commission free. Tremendous value for all of you players. $20 entry. Check it out. If you don't have an account, use Grinders30 when you sign up over at Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy. Welcome back to the Absolutely Epic Early Week Podcast. Dean here. That's Dean Seven at 04. We're talking NFL Week 2. We survived Week 1. Going to introduce our co-host in just a second. If you guys don't know, Absolutely Epic Early Week Podcast, we do this on a Monday night. We're currently doing it between the two Monday Night Football games. So this is the first podcast you should listen to. Not necessarily the last. It's a first-look podcast. Batting first, leading off. It's a... It's Travis Mangone, you know, from such things as uh, the SharpSide app. What's up, Travis? Nothing much, man. Excited to be back on for week two. Uh, looks like I got to come back, so that's good. Uh, excited I didn't get, uh, you know, the the boot. So, uh, yeah, yes. I'll be back to uh, yes. talk some week two football. You almost didn't – if you would have mentioned best ball one more time, your best ball shares, you would have been officially ousted. But yeah. uh, I, I was close. I, I, you guys are lucky. If we started the pod, if we just started a little bit earlier, I think I would have done it. Uh, I, fair warning, Mangone's probably going to be cheering for uh, his best ball shares in the Oakland-Denver game that's going down right now. And surely he's got some showdown shares as well, too. The Gazelle, Tyrell just scored a touchdown, so he's hopping all over the place. He's super excited for sure. Uh, returning champion, it's Grant Neifer. You know him from the Monkey Night Fight Deck uh, contest around the DFS industries. Grant, what's going on, dude? How's, uh, how's Monday Night treating you? Oh, it's going pretty good. Made some money on the first Monday Night Football game. Making some money on the second Monday Night Football game. Ate a bunch of Krispy Kreme donuts. I can't get much better. We're literally like we're like four plays in to the original. You're taking a victory lap on the Monday Night Football game. It's the first quarter. You've already won. I have Tyrell Williams in my captain spot everywhere. Who doesn't have Ty? He's the gazelle. Who doesn't have him? 
I don't know. Yeah. And I'm sorry, you say you said you ate an entire box of Krispy Kreme? No, I had a whole I can't remember how many I ate, but it was a lot. Postmates has Krispy Kremes on it, so my life's good. You had somebody deliver a box, like a, a full box of a dozen donuts to you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's living the dream, isn't it? Well, I get free delivery. Uh, all well, I know is that you can get to free delivery with anything. <laughs> like, I, don't, I can yeah. get crochet. <laughs> Look, I could have spent 15 minutes going to Krispy Kreme and coming back, or I could get delivered instead of paying $2 for gas, I'm paying $3 for tip. It just makes sense. And my time is infinitely more important than that. Okay. Well, Mango, real quick, uh, power rank, top donut. Oh, top donut. Um, I'm I'm like a child, man. Like, give me the uh, give me the vanilla the vanilla frosted with sprinkles on top. I'm vanilla all... frosted is a thing. Oh, yeah. It's like just like a normal donut. It's got vanilla frosting on it with sprinkles. Either that or a glazed donut. I mean, a glazed donut's classic. I've never heard of a vanilla frosted donut. It's chocolate <laughs> or it's maple. No, dude, vanilla, man. That's it's classic. I've never have seen that. It's not seen, classic. Have you ever seen strawberry frosted? Yes, I have. That's a little bit weird, but I'm okay with it. I've never seen vanilla frosted. Boston cream? Is that the chalk? Yeah, but That's Boston really cream the is the chalk. chalk. No, Boston cream is like everyone loves Boston cream, but I, I'm a rebel. I don't a like A lot cream. of people don't like cream fillings. All right. I don't know why I completely derailed the podcast. If you guys had like 17 seconds in until the first uh, little side conversation, there you go. Collect your cash or winnings for sure. Uh, week one is down, Grant. Uh, what are our official takeaways? What do we know for sure now? Nothing is different. Everyone's going to overreact. Nothing is different. At least from my thoughts, except for that Adam Humphreys may not be very good. <laughs> well, he's got to be in the field. I think he had like 35% snaps or something like that. Maybe it was less. He wasn't, he wasn't playing a lot for what it's worth. But uh, that's why you're going to lose Twitter consequences. We have one prepared for you uh, later on in the show. A little bit wordy. You might have to work on it, but we're going to – We'll, we'll fire it out there. We're going to workshop it and see what you think and see if you'll accept it. If not, we'll just do it. You're different. just going to make me workshop and it's something that I hate even worse. No, 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 no. If you, if you refuse this one, I, I will give you a new one and, and you'll, you'll fire it out tomorrow on the old Twitter machine and uh, tell the people the rules, Grant. If they're not aware of tweet, tweets or consequences, how does this go down? We all make a bet throughout the podcast. Loser of the bet has to tweet out something and they can't reply to anything. They can't like any reply. And they can't tell anyone that it was a bet that we lost. That you're not necessarily being serious, yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll fire that out. Oh, well, there are some that we definitely thought were serious. And, uh, <laughs> we're, yeah, we definitely had some ones that did not have a positive effect on my life. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite one is when I, I told the people, I, I had you tweet out like uh, your grandma's favorite like apple pie recipe, whatever. And it's like slide in the DMs and I'll give you all the ingredients. <laughs> Something ridiculous like that. Yeah. <laughs> Were you giving out an apple pie recipe to people? I wasn't, I wasn't even on the pod then. I remember that one. And it was <laughs> I think it was something along the lines of like, I think it might have been like an apple pie pizza. It was something ridiculous. Dean took a picture from like a pizza on the internet too. Oh, with peeps. I had peeps on top of pizza. I think oh, it was. pizza. Yeah, pizza. Yeah, I had that. There you go. Yeah, that was fun. That was good times for sure. Uh, Mangone, Grant had no official takeaways. You don't know. I, I mean, it's my understanding if you read Twitter, you, you're like one or two plays into a game. Like, you know, like Grant's already taking victory laps as far as he, he won the showdown slate because he's got the gazelle. 
give, give me your official takeaways in week one. What do we know for sure? What are we still confused about? Or we're just, you know, uh, my, my general thought on it is the kind of sort of what Grant said. It's like if week one happened in week seven, maybe these are anomalies. And there's, like there's goofy things that happen. We just don't necessarily know. Uh, we don't know, like maybe there were some weird things that happened that won't happen the rest of the season. But because it happened week one, it feels like it's normal. Does that make sense? Did I, did I explain that correctly? What's your takeaways here, Mangone? Yeah, so like Lamar Jackson is on pace to break the touchdown record. Um, you know, Austin Eckler is, uh, you know, better than Melvin Gordon, no doubt in my mind. Uh, and uh, I've been saying John, that for a year. And, and John Ross, like John Ross is like the, you know, even though he did nothing last year, you know, he's he's the greatest. Marquise Brown, Sammy Watkins, like uh, who's Tyreek Hill? Uh, no one cares about him. Sammy Watkins is the greatest receiver in the NFL. So uh, I think those are all the takeaways. I don't know if there's a tight end I'm missing. Oh, like Vernon Davis is back from the dead and is amazing. And oh, uh, one thing I did one tight end in the league there you go the one thing i didn't know last week that i now know is hawkinson probably gonna be pretty good yeah well i think he was a top 10 pick and he was legit guy coming out of college but i don't watch a lot of college ball outside of ucf to be honest so i didn't really watch him play much but like and i know he crushed like the combine and prayer player profile was all home too but he looked like a beast out there from what i saw and it's a small sample but uh and he's still super super cheap this week on dk we We've, we talked to the main slate. We talked DraftKings specific again. First look, can't really branch out to all the different sites. So if you're looking for talk about Tampa and Carolina, the Thursday night game, that's not going down. Sunday night, Philly, Atlanta, we're not talking about them. And Cleveland uh, and the Jets on Monday night, we're not talking about that either. We're focusing on the main slate on DK. Um, yeah, you mentioned some injuries there, man. Going, Tevin Coleman's going to miss some games. Uh, Hill's got a clavicle. Uh, Foles has a clavicle as well. Uh, Darius Geis has a knee. Mixon potentially may miss games. We're not really sure. Or maybe miss a game. He's kind of dinged up to some degree. So, uh, you know, we're just going to have some question marks on those guys. But obviously, value will potentially open up uh, as the week progresses if uh, some dudes are around. I would say value with Hill. But, like, they really boost up the price of Sammy Watkins. A big overreaction to his first game. He absolutely crushed. But, uh, you know, first game again. (laughs) They're playing against Oakland, and there's two big totals on the board once again. 53.5 as far as KC. Oakland, New Orleans, and the Rams is 53. And then after that, we're looking at a bunch of 46, 47s. So it's a big break from those two games, Grant. Um, Kansas City at Oakland, New Orleans at Rams. First thought, first general uh, impression, which game is more appealing to you? It's, it's, it's interesting. Like, I'd say probably the Rams – um, but Casey, I need to dig in deeper. I mean, with Hill probably being out, the massive total here for Casey, it does make it an interesting scenario. Probably going to use a lot of Mahomes, and I don't think he necessarily gets that much of a downgrade without Hill. It's definitely a downgrade, but to the extent that some people may think it is, it's not. He can still run the offense. Andy Reid's still enough, good enough offensive guy to make him get 340 yards. It'll help, hurt him slightly, but he still put up big numbers without Hill for most of that game. But the Rams, like, there's so many different ways to go, and people are going to probably be down on Jared Goff a little bit just because he didn't do great, and that's mostly because they kept rushing the ball in the end zone, which I know they did last year, but there are certain games where Goff will just absolutely go off, and I think that some people might be a little bit further down on him because of what happened last week. But I'd probably go with the Rams a little bit more than the KC game. Yeah, that KC side at Oakland. We're watching Oakland play, play right now, and, you know, you know, not to overreact to, to one thing, Mango, but we think Oakland's going to be bad, right? We know Kansas City is good. Uh, so Kansas City, obviously, the highest total on the board. And, you know, their quarterback there, and, uh, Mahomes did have a bit of a scare last week where he came out the field for a play or two. But I, I assume he's fine. 
Uh, yeah, I understand they lost Hill, but you know they're going to replace him, or at least when it comes to speed, they'll replace him with Hardman. Uh, you know, Watkins got most of his fantasy points uh, when you know Hill was out there for what it's worth, and then of course you know Kelsey wasn't even fully released. You know, unleashed that first game. Uh, how much do we love this Kansas City side as far as Oakland man, man going? Because you know, I, I don't know. Generally speaking, I probably don't get all the way up to you know to spend on a quarterback. Mahomes in my cash lineup, he's the most expensive quarterback on the board. No surprise there. It's more of like wants versus needs. Um, and you know, week one you could have made that work just because there was more value. And you'll notice in the salaries, a lot of guys just priced up because the first week the salaries were kind of you know they were soft for sure. Uh, how much are we prioritizing Mangone and uh, Mangone Mahomes and cash there, Mangone? Yeah, I, I'm not prioritizing Mahomes. Like that's just not really a thing I would do. And like, why would you prioritize Mahomes? You can just play Lamar Jackson, right? Like, you know, the greatest football player in the world, right? Because that's what Twitter says. Uh, everyone said he's the MVP now. Uh, no, I'm totally kidding. But he's the uh, second most expensive quarterback, by the way, on the board. Yeah, is- he does. He does cost a lot, uh, and that's why I mentioned him right below. And I, I, you're sure if you have money for like guys like Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, I think that's right. But um, when I was kind of looking at the slate, I'm not in love with a lot of the, like a lot of the games just in general. Like if you kind of just breeze through it, like there's not a lot mm-hmm. of games to love, but I do think there's like some opportunity there. And I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen with that Kansas City Chiefs situation and, and who's going to be the guy to go to, right? Uh, I'm assuming the guy would maybe be me, Cole Hardman. He's the one that, uh, you know, it looks like he is in line uh, to get some work here. So, like, he's a cheap receiver option that you can consider on the Chiefs for sure. Um, I think just, like, the way this slate is going to go just in general, and this is, like, kind of, like, before getting into quarterback, like, my general overviews. Like, I never attack quarterback right away. It's not the fir- first position I go to. But when I was looking at things, I think that, uh, running back is where I would want to attack first. And I think that the common theme this week is there's going to be a lot of interesting cheap value receivers. And the reason why we're going to have a lot of cheap value receivers is one, because a lot of them crushed and two, there's some opportunity now. And then I think quarterback, it's not a spot where I'm going to pay up for necessarily. I'm just going to kind of let my lineups dictate it. So like if I have the money for Lamar Jackson, sure. I think that's perfectly fine. Again, that's kind of like my cash game approach. Like I'm not going out of my way to, pay up for those guys i'm just going to kind of let my roster fill it out well like hardman was in the field for 78 percent of the snaps uh, week one and he had one target just throwing it out there and we know like all he needs is one if he can get to the 80 yard or he's a burner uh that's what he comes in as a speed guy uh it's funny like can i grant can i take a victory lap on lamar on lamar jackson because i was telling everybody he's going to crack 100 yards <laughs> get in the box uh narrative street that's where he's from and then he threw for like four thousand yards and like didn't even play a quarter or something no victory lap? Not that I want no, victory No, I think my original bet was who would get more rushing yards, and he got almost none. Okay, but who's disappointed? I told people to play Lamar Jackson. Are they, just, are they mad at me? Are they coming at wow, me? Oh, really? You and rushing? everyone else. No, but you, Dean, you would Can I you take my victory lap on Eckler? <laughs> I'm not, this is not me taking your victory lap for the record. I was just saying that's a point of fact, but fair enough. Um, Mangone, I think, uh, I think Goff might be the guy at 5'9". The prices on quarterbacks are really compressed. You know, he is like the 12th or 13th guy or so, just kind of getting her down, down, looking down the list. Um, you know, he wasn't spectacular, but may, maybe he's just a reactionary. You know, watching that New Orleans defense, still look particularly good. Um, but that's, you know, a high total. Uh, should shoot out on both sides as far as New Orleans and the Rams. I don't know. Are, is that somebody we're looking at? Just on first look, he seems like a pretty yeah. good dollar play. Goff makes sense. Breeze makes sense, right? Attacking that game that likely has a high total. I don't know if the total is out yet on that game, but 
Those would be two that I definitely would look at. There's a cheaper guy, which I don't, you know, I don't have to talk about because I know Grant will, uh, but it's Josh Allen at 50. Yes, it is. Uh, he's like really interesting in this spot against the Giants. Like, you know, a lot of people are not believers in the Giants defense and like, just go down the list of like you know the players and like the in the matchups they're in like i'll just go through it like watson against the jaguars like we all like deshaun watson but the jaguars isn't the most easy it's not the easiest matchup uh rogers against the vikings like we do worry about like uh you know the vikings just running the ball too much i think that's something uh, a takeaway that we have to think about like them just grinding out clock and just kind of ruining the uh the games for people a little bit uh you know tom brady against miami like eh, i'll pass on that Dak prescott <laughs> against washington you like, say you'll pass on that who wants to pick on the dolphins that defense is <laughs> they have a 32.75 implied team total i want i want i want quarterbacks that are in are in shootouts and in games where i expect a lot to like I want a lot of back and forth, right? I'm not expecting a lot of back and forth in that you game. You think Belichick's going to uh, you know, show What him. happened with Lamar Jackson? Was that a close game versus Miami last week? Was okay. he the high-scoring quarterback? Oh, it's it's totally what different. What Patrick Mahomes? Was that a close game last week? It's so different with the Patriots and everything. You know they're just going to the run Patriots, the ball The Patriots, the type of team that are probably going to just try and destroy the other team, especially when they have a new wide receiver that they have to get acclimated to their offense. Antonio yeah. Brown? Oh, is that who it is? Is that the new guy? And where where was Antonio Brown born? Um, my guess would be Southern Spain. Dubuque. No, Miami, of course. It's back-to-back narrative street games in you know, Miami. It's going down. I don't know what Antonio Brown's going to do, and I have no idea what kind of package they're going to run for him if he's going to be fully unleashed. But, you know, there's so many weapons there with Michelle. Brown and is Brown not going to be White. totally unleashed. The Patriots system is too complex. We see what happened with Josh Gordon last year. And he was slowly acclimated into the offense. They don't need it until – don't really need him until the playoffs. Correct. So, they're going to slowly just have him pretty much take over Dorsett's role would be my guess. He's a little bit interesting for tournaments, though. He's 7K, which is, like, cheaper than, like, he ha- has been for years. Obviously, different situation when he was on Pittsburgh than he is here in New England. Uh, just curious how he gets acclimated, how quick he's, like, into the system. But, um, yeah, the, the, look – I'm not going to sit here and say it. it's not even about it's about how many you know touchdowns efficiency right for for Brady he could throw four touchdowns in the first half and Grant we wouldn't be surprised about that would we no I think Brady might if I'm not going Josh Allen I'm probably going Brady's my cash game guy highest implied team total on the entire board there Miami's just absolutely terrible like you want a floor with your cash game quarterback but also a ceiling there's always the chance that Miami keeps it close it's being played in Miami in games where a team has been a 14-plus point underdog in at home, I think they've covered a 75% clip over the last 10, 12 years. So this game is actually probably going to be closer than people realize. Miami's going up against a really – like was going up against a really good defense at Baltimore last week. It's not going to be quite the same. Fitzpatrick has the ability to randomly just air the ball out and put up huge numbers. Granted, he doesn't have the same – wide receiver core this year, same system this year. But he's still a guy that can put up a massive amount of points. I think this game stays closer than people realize. And I think that New England uh, is going to be passing the ball a little bit later in the game than some people believe they may be. So Brady, I think, is the cash game guy. But Trav already mentioned that Josh Allen going up against the Giants. They have a 24.75 light team total here. Josh Allen throws the ball deep often. He actually has a better complement of wide receivers this year, having a reliable guy like Beasley and having a better version of Foster this year and John Brown while also having Foster. So when your main guy was Zay Jones last year, you know that this offense wasn't going to be great. And yet he was still putting up big numbers week in, week out. 
And he started off slow last week and then put it together. Now he's going up against a much worse defense. People figure the Jets are probably going to have a good defense this year because Greg Williams is now the defensive coordinator. But this is a much worse defense in the Giants. So I've, I've really, really had Josh Allen. Plus, he's still going within the state. He hasn't had to leave his, the state the first two weeks of the season. Well, you know who's not leaving the sidelines is Foster. Foster barely even plays. He played 22% of the snaps last week. Stop I did more research. I switched over to Josh Brown. Stop trying, no, you like, stop trying to make Foster happen is all I'm saying. It's not I wasn't trying to make Foster happen there. I He's said John Brown is a better version of Foster. Foster's not good. He, he, just stop playing him. And the other thing, as far as your Dolphin thing, and that was interesting as far as the spread, but uh, I fired up Vegas Insider. And I wrote this, by the way, about a half hour ago or so. And then I just pulled up the, the page again. Uh, the line opened up. New England was a 14-half-point favorite as far as the open. It jumped to 17. Then it jumped to 17-and-a-half. Now I'm on Vegas Insider, man, going. Uh, I know, you know, you're all over the lines as well, too. Both of you guys are all the lines. It's now an 18-point line. I see it 18-and-a-half at the Westgate. It will not stop going up, man, going. But you don't want any part of the quarterback. <laughs> I mean, I can't remember the last time I played Tom Brady. That's, like, the crazy part. But, like, maybe I need to readjust that. Like, it's just, like, one of those things. I, I don't think I played him once last season. Like, the more and more I think about it, like, I did not touch him at all. Um, but I just prefer my quarterbacks in games that I think are going to be high total shootouts, right? I want a lot of plays. Like, I don't like when my quarterback is in a game where they're blowing the team out and handing the ball off a ton. Like, I just don't prefer that. Like, it's something that I think can be really frustrating when you roster a quarterback. Like, it's definitely a worry that you can have. It was definitely a little bit of a worry that I had with Wentz. But obviously, again, like, the Redskins keeping that closer, uh, you know, that was big. But um, the Patriots, we do know they are a run-dominant team. Like, that is something I think you have to worry about a little bit. They are a team that likes to run the ball. Like, that's not like a, you know, that's not like me just making up a fact. Uh, So, I'm worried about that a little bit. The Patriots are not always a run-dominant team. The Patriots exploit the defense's weakness and this is a defense that just gave up five touchdowns through the air to Lamar Jackson you don't think they're going to be passing the ball quite a bit well sure they'll pass but like the game script is just not going to go that way like you know the Patriots are going to be leading like I'm looking for the most opportunity I want games where there's going to be the most like back and forth going on that's when you can uh, the Patriots just won 33 to 3 and Brady still put up three touchdowns and 350 yards. Okay, Grant. And Brady was awful last season. Brady was really bad last year. Brady was not good. They ran the football a lot. Like, that's a thing. Like, again, I'm not saying Brady's as bad of a play. And, like, when I – like, the more I think about it, the more we talk about it, like, yeah, I overreacted a little bit to Brady. But to act like Brady's just going to go out there and throw out four touchdowns easy, I think is absolutely crazy to think. Well, no, no, it's not like he has a full – it's not like he has Josh Gordon now. And he has Antonio Brown. Is that is that different than last year? Or Edelman. He had Edelman last year. He lost Gronk Smash. Yeah. What was Gronk doing last year? Not smashing. Yeah. It's fine. I don't want to. I don't want to argue about this one all pod, right? Like again, like I, <laughs> I, I, I am understanding. I am owning right now. Yes, I was lower on thinking that. But again, that's because it's like a bias that I have, and I haven't been playing Brady a lot, and I haven't played him in a while. But again. I typically like to take my quarterbacks in shootouts. Like I want to take them in games where I think it's going to be a lot of back and forth in the highest total games. That's just how I operate when I normally build my teams. Uh, I don't like my quarterbacks when they're going to be like an 18 point favorite. That's just how I personally think and feel. It also depends on the construction. Like I don't know if going a 6,400 quarterback is going to be the right build. Like I don't build with my quarterback first. That's how I do it in cash games. That's how I think. So that's just where my head is at. Hey, you can get uh, Kirk Cousins. He threw the ball 10 times last week. That's who you like. Quarterbacks that – oh, wait, you like the opposite, don't you? You can get Case Keenum. He crushed last week. <laughs> there's there's Grant's victory lap. <laughs> oh, man. 
Uh, you guys have any other thoughts as far as uh, Keenan, by the way, 5K for what it's worth. Uh, Dallas looked really good. I mean, I hate to overreact on one game, Grant. Did you get, I mean, that Dallas offense looks – and their defense, like Dallas can be a legit Super Bowl contender. Dallas had a great defense. They were a Super Bowl contender last year. No. The defense was good. They made it in the second round of the playoffs. Playoffs? Dean, 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 it's only it's almost like the Cowboys made a really smart trade to improve their team, and now they're Super Bowl contenders. That's intriguing. Well, they traded for a guy they can sign for free, but yeah. Yeah, Amari Cooper, right? Bad trade, Dean, right? That's what you say? Hey, if they win the Super Bowl this year, it's a good trade. And I shouldn't play, play results, and I, I'm, I probably should walk that one back a little bit. Dean, the last big wide receiver trade ended with zero games played and two first-round picks given up. <laughs> Antonio Brown, yes. <laughs> Nicely done. Oh, man. Um, give me another quarterback, man. I mean, I, I understand. I'm the same as you as far as cash build. I focus more on just grabbing as much volume as possible in, like, the you know, cheapest price, best possible spot. You know, try to get three running backs. That's just the general idea of building. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily emphasize the quarterbacks either, Mango, but is there somebody, like, on the board that you're looking at that's kind of interesting for tournaments? Like, for me, you guys mentioned, you know, for Buffalo, that, that's more that's more of a tournament play, just kind of in my head. But the, the Giants defense, looks, the defense secondary looks pretty weak as well, too. But, oh, uh, you know, Allen looks kind of just sort of volatile. I know he's got legs, which is always nice. It's a nice bailout potentially for cash games too. Who do you have for man going as far as some off-the-board quarterbacks? Yeah, um, I mean, I think Russell Wilson's an intriguing one. The thing I don't mind about going with the Wilson route, one, like first, Vegas has like Pittsburgh as the uh, favorite in this game, which, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not a big believer in Pittsburgh. I wasn't a big believer at the start of the season. And I know they just got killed by the Patriots and most teams do get beat up by the Patriots. But, um, you know, I, I don't think the Pittsburgh is that good, but Vegas kind of – agrees that they you know are a better team than they showed and I think this game could have some back and forth right and the thing I just like about Russell Wilson is you know those targets are going to go to Metcalf and they're going to go to Lockett so I think you could run like a Wilson like you easily run like a Wilson Metcalf and Lockett and run it back with Juju or you can just go like Wilson and Lockett or Wilson and Metcalf and run it back with Juju I know he was dealing with it he was I know he was dealing with an x-ray or something like that but um, I think he's perfectly fine. And like I said, you can go Wilson, Carson, and Lockett, uh, run it back with Juju. So I think that's an intriguing game that I think could have a lot of uh, back and forth that you're really not expecting. So I don't mind that. Jimmy Garoppolo against Cincinnati, I'm not a big believer in Cincinnati's defense. And I, I'm a big fan of the Niners in general. I think they're going to have a really big year. I like, you know, buying in on smart coaches and Kyle Shanahan. Again, he's one of the smart coaches in the league. So I think Jimmy G is a really good tournament option as well. But uh, I'm not feeling too strong about quarterback in general. I just don't love the position this week. Yeah, and if you're playing Garoppolo, the tricky part with him is trying to figure out, you know, his receivers. And, you know, Pettis had, what, two? I think he had two. Uh, he was in the field twice, <laughs> Pettis. Um, and, you know, Debo Samuel led everybody as far as their receivers. I guess the most reliable option there would just be if you want to be play it safe, you're going to play some uh, Jimmy G, just roll him out there with uh, the tight end, no? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love Kittle. I'm a huge Kittle fan. So, uh, yeah, I would just run it back with him. And I don't know. Like, it looks like people are going to go kind of cheap at tight end, right? Like, I feel like people are going to be too scared to go Kelsey and Kittle after last week. Uh, I'm not trying to, like, dive into the tight end segment. But, like, if people are going to go, you know, Ingram, Hunter Henry, we talked about uh, Hawkinson as well. Like, I think people are going to go cheaper at tight end this week. And, you know, that obviously could, uh, you know, just make it really intriguing with the roster builds, right? We're going to spend up a lot at running back, spend up at the receivers. So, um, yeah, I think that people aren't going to go to Kittle, and I think he's an interesting like guy to pair up with a Garoppolo in tournaments. Uh, if somebody's saying I can't play Kelsey because he didn't crush the first game, that would be insane. I love Kelsey, and it's just a matter of you know living in the world of a salary cap, and 
you know, Grant, we kind of touched on it as well. I know we're on tight ends, so might as well finish off the conversation. But Hawkinson at 3K, I don't want to say – I mean, hope, I just hope we're not overreacting, but he looked awesome out there. Like, a lot of the Detroit guys, even Amendola looked pretty solid. And I think it was like, you know, Marvin Jones didn't catch many passes. Galladay, he was, he was out there. He was doing some things too, but didn't have like a peak game, obviously. It feels like they have a, some legit weapons there in Detroit. They, I mean, you know, their defense is supposed to be good too. And somehow they ended up time against Arizona there, kind of a goofy game for sure. Uh, Grant, what do you have for me as far as tight end? Since we're here, Ingram looks legit too, at least after week one. Yeah, tight ends. I mean, Ingram, second most tight ends in the or second most targets in the entire league at any position, 14 last week. You want volume with your tight ends. And so Ingram is obviously going to be one of the main targets in that offense without OBJ in there. It's going to be a f- offense focused on Saquon, Ingram, Shepard, until Tate comes back. That's pretty much what the offense is going to be. We've seen it for two years now. Two years ago when OBJ and Marshall got injured, we saw Ingram destroy and we saw Shepard destroy. And there were some injuries during the course of the season there. And whoever was the main piece in the offense destroyed. He's going up against a team who last year was a little bit higher than average at forcing uh, targets to tight ends. So he should be in for a big game there. The Rams, I'm thinking about Jared Cook. I don't actually know how he ended up doing in this game. I don't think he ended up doing well. But he's going up against a team that forced the ball to the tight end constantly throughout the course of the season last year. He's high-priced. So tournaments, I think that he could be in for a decent workload. And I'm not buying into this first game too much. I don't think that him doing bad against Houston in a game like this where they tend to take the ball away from the tight end quite a bit. Like Cook could be in for a good big game. Hunter Henry, obviously a great play. He's going to be a great play every week. It may not have paid off terribly. We got Delaney Walker going to against a team that forced a lot of shallow targets throughout the entire season last year. It's going to be the same this year. Vernon Davis and off the board, Will Disley didn't work out well last week. It could be him or Vanette, but I got, I got a feeling. I got a feeling this may be me being a homer, so don't go too heavy. But I'm liking the Seahawks tight ends because they really don't have many guys to throw to. Yeah, I think Disley got dinged in that game, but they're saying I guess he should be fine as of right now. Fine. He's questionable. Uh, Mangone, are you typing away, Mangone? Are you multitasking over there? Here's somebody typing. Uh, I was clicking. I was looking at some stuff on my uh, computer. But, uh, uh-huh. yeah, no. Uh, what, what were you mentioning, Dean? <laughs> Grant wanted a whole tight end rant, I guess. You yeah, I was wondering. Like, I, didn't, I missed the segment where you said we're going to tight ends now. I know I like, touched on them briefly, but I didn't know if we like, just jumped into tight ends as a segment. Periodically, I just oh, – Mango, periodically, I'm just going to ask you, knock on wood if you're with me. There you go. <laughs> little little, little uh, callback for you if you watched the John Gruden there in Hard Knocks. Uh, Mango, and open up the running backs for us because, you know, that's, for me, that's, that, that's like my favorite conversation. I think it's super important receivers. A little bit more variance there. You know, Barkley absolutely crushed last week, but they barely gave him the ball. Uh, tough matchup against Buffalo, obviously. Elliott versus Washington at the top. Kamara uh, looked awesome. I, don't, I didn't see his final numbers, but, like, he had his usual allotment of catches, probably close to, like, 175 yards tonight, uh, you know, both rushing and receiving combined. Um, you know, where else are we looking as far as running backs, as far as the top guys? Yeah, Dalvin Cook against Green Bay doesn't really jump off the page. He got a price bump. Lots of price bumps all over the place. Carson got bumped up a little bit. Fournette, like, a little bit of bump as well. Even Eckler. Everybody's a little bit more expensive this week. A little bit tighter as far as the build. Uh, who's your top guy amongst this bunch? 
Yeah, it's man, it's tough because like Barkley at the top, it's so intriguing, right? At ninety two hundred, I think he's a really good option. Uh, Buffalo's at defense, it scares you a little bit, but I think he's a good play. But he's not my favorite play in this range. Uh, I get uh, people might want to say Zeke is going to eat right now. He's got the rust off him, but I'm still taking the wait and see approach with him for a little bit longer. Uh, I'm going to Alvin Kamara. Uh, that's the guy for me against the Rams. I think he is the number one running back that you want in the week. The number one scoring running back. We saw what McCaffrey did last week, and I'm not saying because McCaffrey did that Kamara's going to do that but um the Rams last week like they were a team that I wanted to attack them with a running back and I didn't play as much Christian McCaffrey and I'm not making that same mistake again here uh this Rams run D is not that good and we know the Rams are a team like I said it's going to be a lot of back and forth I expect this pace and tons of uh plays to be up up and up and what happens when the game is a back and forth game Dean who do the who do the Saints use they use Alvin Kamara he's going to get a ton of run here he is going to absolutely smash he is the uh you know lock and load play of the week for me well, I know Carolina's not in the slate at all, but, you know, I was looking at the, you know, snaps and all that. Christian McCaffrey played 100% of the snaps again. They're just going to destroy this guy. They're going to break this guy, right? They're just going to use him up, throw him in the ground, and then replace Did him. Did you not see the pictures before the season started? He's he's ripped now. Oh, yeah. Well, so is DJ, uh, DK Metcalf. But, like, you, you have to you still – Yeah, how did he do this season? He started off pretty good. Uh, actually, I, I thought it was pretty interesting because Metcalf had a good game. It took a while for Lockett to get going, and Lockett said uh, after the game, his comments were like he was getting double teamed the whole time, so he was sort of surprised about that. And I'm not sure if that's like the Doug Baldwin effect with him not, not being in there anymore, but that's definitely something to monitor. Maybe Lockett was not doing a good job, you know, adjusting to the double teams. He did catch a long touchdown pass. Besides that, Lockett basically did nothing. Just sort of a side note there. Well, they got to, Dean, they got to use Metcalf while they can before he gets busted for steroids. So use him now while you oh, can. Oh, you're making – are you serious? That's all natural, man. That dude's buff. He takes natural supplements. He's on deer antler. Dean, Dean, if the next time you see me I look like that, you're going to say I'm on steroids. Knock it off. Well, you, you would Metcalf for two – You'd have to grow like eight inches. <laughs> you have two different builds. You have a really positive self-image if you're, you're copping yourself to DK Metcalf. <laughs> give me give, give me a couple of months. I'll be there. Mangone's going to be in the ESPN The Body magazine like in 2021. Um, yeah, so Grant, up to, I, I actually agree with Mangone. I think that dollar for dollar as far as those guys. Uh, I mean, David you agree, Johnson. You, you agree I'm going to be in the body issue? Well, that, well, everything. Collect, all across the I board. I agree with Dean. You're never going to have a body like that. <laughs> hey, you know what? We're, you, you never know. We'll check back in six months. We're getting spelt. No, I 100% know. Yeah, well, you're right. Yeah, you're on a <laughs> You know, let's, let's get back on track. I, I am killing dreams. I'm just uh, trying to be realistic. That's fine. Are you going to talk about running backs yet? Yeah, well, you're blo- you're wasting your a lot of time right now. <laughs> I have as much time as I want. I've been here <laughs> since the beginning. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same at top. Like, I like Saquon, but I think Kamara is probably the better play. Uh, Rams, like, it's going to be a high-scoring game. We saw what happened last year. They forced a lot of targets to running backs. I think Kamara's going to end up eating here. Off the board plays, um, I don't think people are going to keep playing Chris Carson at this uh, rate and or at this price, but he's still going to be involved in the pass game. He doesn't have three running backs on this team. It's just him and Penny Penny hasn't looked great, so we know that he's going to get a big enough workload. We know that he's good at back, and we know that Seattle's going to run the ball way more than they probably should. Uh, so I'm really into him. I think Connor's price is a little bit too cheap here. Uh, at 6,800, I think that he's in for a pretty big game at that price tag. I still think you can use Dave Johnson at really low ownership going up against a Baltimore defense that is good, but I still think that Dave Johnson could be in for a big game versus virtually any offense. And we didn't talk about Kyler Murray, but I think that he's also in play for tournaments. 
just because he does have big upside here, even going up against a very good Baltimore defense. On the lower end, Geo, if he if Mixon's out, he's very much in play. I still think Eckler's a little bit too cheap. I don't expect the same game they had last week, but he's going against Detroit, who did offer a 25.3% target share to running backs last season. So he could be in for a big game. Brita, if Coleman's out, $5,200 starting running back against a bad defense, he's in play. And then a guy that may end up becoming chalky, but Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, Chris Thompson, we talked a little, a little bit before the podcast, but he's 3,900. We saw how big of a game he can put up in the receiving game. Going up against a Dallas team where they're probably going to be losing towards the end of the game, and the game script will favor Thompson. They've shown that they aren't a big fan of using Peterson, so they'll use Chris Thompson a lot more, especially if they're coming from behind here. He could have 90 yards receiving. He had 10 targets last week, and that was like – mostly after guys got hurt. That was mostly in the second half here. This is a guy that Case Keenum can rely on, and he'll probably dump off the ball quite a bit too. 3900 is way too cheap for Chris Thompson here, and I think that he absolutely destroys his price tag. Yeah, the, the tricky part, Grant, is that, you know, last week Peterson was a healthy scratch. Uh, yes, I get it because they had too many guys in their offense. But Peterson's also what, your age? Oh, he's older, but he's but he's in better shape. I don't I don't have the same body image as uh, as Mango, and I don't think that I think you have a better chance of looking like Adrian Peterson than <laughs> Mango does of looking like DK Metcalf. Neither are true. It's like they're both like zero, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but so the players, some apparently some of the players are upset about him being you know a scratch, and I imagine uh, that if Geis can't go and it's not looking promising for Geis, they'll probably they'll probably dress. But like you said, we think Dallas probably gets ahead in theory. But like, of course, that's only – it's like a five-point line right now. What's five points? Um, but Thompson, you're right, can be an absolute steal at 3.9K on DK, four-point PPR. He looks like an awesome, awesome play. A little bit of, little bit of hesitation if, if Peterson plays, which he probably will. But they're still going to work Thompson in because, you know, he's not going to go out there and just carry the ball 30 times. Just I don't think so. Mangone, you have thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I'm not in love with that situation, but again, it's it's Monday, right? Like, I don't have to make that decision right now. Like, uh, I think that's something you wait for like the later pods to figure out. Like, we just don't have the information on what they're going to do, so uh, it's tough to really, you know, decide what you want to do with the situation there. I kind of like like Matt Breida. It sounds like Coleman is going to miss, right? So I think Breida is going to be a very very chalky option against uh, Cincinnati. Uh, everything just lines up really really well for him there at that price. So Breida is someone I will definitely be targeting in on. He seems like a really good value play that i'll be considering in cash i'll be considering in tournaments as well uh, but the, the range just like the most interesting to me is like that 6k-ish range right how do we approach this right so let's start with uh chris carson at 6.4k i think against the pittsburgh uh you know we just have to trust what seattle's been saying i was saying this to you dean i said uh you know they told us last year they were going to run chris carson in the ground and we laughed at them right and then they did that and then they said that they're going to give Chris Carson 50 plus targets this year. And he's, or not targets, catches. And he's getting all of those catches, right? He's getting tons of work. Uh, like Chris Carson in this game, I think he could be phenomenal. Sonny Michelle, I think, could be a really good option. But he's not as much of a DraftKings player, right? He doesn't, like, fit the mold of that pricing. But he could be really interesting. I could see him going for two, three touchdowns if they just run it uh, a ton. So he makes some sense. Austin Eckler is a phenomenal option here. So I like him. I'm wondering if people, like, say, hey, Mark Ingram's a really good option based on what he did last week and go up against a really bad Cardinals uh, defense. 
Uh, I wonder if people like, you know, kind of get on that train. I wonder if people are really interested in Derrick Henry based on what he did last week and going up against the Colts, seeing what Eckler did. Maybe people just jump on him at the 6K range. I don't think they do that. But again, people get uh, that bias after one week and think that that's a, a thing. Also, a guy like Marlon Mack, I know the Titans are not really uh, a defense like we thought we wanted to attack. And I still think we can attack him a little bit, but I don't love those game scripts as much. But Marlon Mack, he got all of the work, kind of like what the Colts told us, that he was going to be this like workhorse back. So Marlon Mack could be an intriguing option if you think that game shoots out a little bit. So I think there's just a lot of different options between like 6.4K and like the like 5.8K-ish range. First look, who's your favorite in that group? Yeah, first look, it's like I, I kind of leaned to Sonny Michelle. I was like kind of building a cash lineup before I got on here, and it was like I, I put Kamara in, then I put Carson in, and then I put Eckler in. Those are kind of the guys I went to. And, again, because I kind of tend to, to just like want to get good running backs in there and really prioritize though and not take too many chances at the bottom. So uh, my first lean is Carson, number one, and I'd say number two is Eckler. I uh, just want to note, by the way, uh, with the injury to Coleman, you know, Brita had 44% of the snaps last week. Uh, you know, Raheem Mostert was getting some run too. So I don't think it's just going to be, uh, you know, Breida's backfield, just kind of throwing it out there. Like he'll probably get enough because he's cheap enough in theory, uh, or at least good enough to play if nothing else in tournaments. Yuschek uh, gets some run too, but like he's mostly like a blocking fullback, right? He doesn't actually carry the ball because he was out there a good bit. He yeah, that, 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 that schmuck, uh, he, got a, uh, he got a penalty for a pick play and Kittle got a touchdown taken away. So uh, I'm not a fan of Kyle Juszczyk right now. Was that the game that had like four touchdowns taken away from, from tight ends exclusively? That's he had what? two and I was so excited at least. Uh, when I saw the two Kittle touchdowns get taken away, I was furious. Uh, Great on the other side, lost two touchdowns as well. That's what happened there. If you were a tight end in that game, basically, you're not allowed to score. That was just the rules. Uh, Grant, receiver, open it up for us. Oh, gosh, I didn't know we were going to receiver. I thought we were going to ask my opinion on the 6K running backs, which seems Well, because we're, we, we, you, you spent so much time talking about nonsense, we're already falling behind. No, I had no nonsense. You're full of nonsense. This right here could be used for talking about running backs if you wanted to. Well, I don't need to talk about running backs anymore. We're on to wide receivers. Stay on topic. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's Josh Gordon and Edelman, both of which are in a total that's 32 – points um for the patriots here brown is probably not going to be fully incorporated in the offense josh gordon's just 5800 and i think he could be in for a really big game um huge i'll, I'll just start from the bottom up huge fan of cole beasley and john brown again this week i already mentioned with josh allen terry mclaurin he could do something he's 3800 i don't know if i'm chasing that danny amandola i am absolutely chasing that 13 targets and he's going up against a team in the chargers who Brett, not Brett, gosh, Hayward is probably going to shut down either Galladay or Marvin Jones here, meaning that a lot of the, tunnel, a lot of the targets are going to be forced over the middle like they have in the past, where they had 50% of targets going to the running back and the tight end. So it's going to be forced a lot over the middle. Amendola's going to live in that area, and he could potentially be in for another 10-target game. Um, Devontae Parker, they're going to be coming from behind. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot. The defense isn't nearly as good in New England as it was over in Baltimore. Parker's just 4,100. I don't think he's going to draw a lot of ownership like the rest of the guys will. I don't know if I'm chasing John Ross. I don't know if I'm going to go with any of the Arizona wide receivers, even though they're a little bit too cheap, considering the hype that was happening before the season here. And then up at the top, you got to love Hopkins. You got to love um, Thomas. You got to love Keenan Allen. Yeah. Is anybody chasing this Hollywood Brown character? Wasn't he only in for like 30% of snap? I think like 12 plays. Yeah. 
to be fair, like that game blew out. Like the, the Dolphins, you know, it was like 50 to nothing at the half or whatever it was. So not that egregious, but it was, you know, preposterous, obviously. And a lot of the starters got pulled. But, you know, he was, I think, for a total of 12 plays and way behind the starters. Yeah, sure, he's a home run hitter. Sure, there's some speed there. But, uh, look, I, I, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't do it unless the timeshare changes. And that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, I don't know if you're asking me or Trev. I, yeah, if he's getting only 12. Let, let dumb people chase that. Mangone? Yeah, I mean, I don't have to chase that. I'm perfectly fine. And I just think there's like a lot of cheap receivers to consider. Like I said, Hardman, I think, is going to be certainly in play. Uh, Metcalf is certainly an intriguing option after what happened last week. And the, obviously, talking about Lockett and all the double teams that he saw. Uh, the guy, I mean, that. I mean, he's just going to be the chalk, right? And I mean, every time I look at my TV right now, I just see it. I just see a gazelle prancing everywhere, right? I see Tyrell just crushing. So uh, I think everyone's going to play him against the Chiefs. Again, uh, when you're playing Kansas City, you're going to be losing, right? Uh, Positive game script for the Raiders offense uh, for their passing game. And this is going to be really good for Tyrell Williams. So I really like him. He's 4.4K. I'm looking to lock up, uh, you know, Tyrell Williams against Adam Humphreys at 4.3K, Grant. Any chance I'm getting that? (laughs) No. I've learned my lesson. Fair (laughs) enough. But yeah, there's a a lot of really interesting options there. Like there's just, I I think this cheap range has a lot of different routes and uh, ways that you can go. Like I'm curious if people do attack John Ross again. Like, I don't know if that's going to be a thing. I doubt it, but um, I just think like after all those guys performed, like you're going to see a lot of like weird ownership on these cheap guys that are like, okay, like why is he owned? It's just the week one bias thing. Like I think just some people are going to be paying the rake by playing some of these plays like Brown, you talked about as well. Debo, 3.7K. Again, he was – I don't know if, how it's going to change week to week or how it's going to go down there in San Francisco, but Samuel at 3.7K versus Cincy looks pretty interesting. Uh, Amandola's 3.9K, saw a ton of targets last week. Um, you know, and the, the thing with the Gazelle is, like, obviously a situation changed with Brown leaving, so all those targets, you know, kind of shifted over to him, or at least a good portion of them shifted to him. And because it's a Monday night game, the prices are already out. The prices don't adjust. Just understand that's how this – you guys are new to NFL DFS. You know, if, if weird things happen on Sunday night as far as the night game or the Monday night game, those prices are already set. So, uh, if, you know, injuries happen. You got to definitely take advantage of that. And I agree. Um, he just seems too cheap. He's, it looks like, again, this was predictable. Mango, tell me he's in all your lineups. I hope he is. Yeah, he will be in all of my lineups. So, uh, I'm definitely, definitely uh, excited. Oh, to be you're saying will be. I'm talking about the present tense. Your lineups that are going down right now. Is he in your lineup? Oh, yeah, he will be. Actually, I literally, like, and people are going to hate me for this right now, but I literally bumped a tweet of my Tyrell Williams best ball shares. And oh. So, get this. CSU Ram likes my tweet, and I look at Twitter. A minute later, he goes, PSA, please stop taking week one best ball victory laps. Pride comes before fall, and it's really annoying. So, uh, <laughs> like, literally no shot at me, right? He just liked my tweet. Like, uh, so I thought that was really funny. What else do you have here, Grant, as far as receivers? I, uh, at the top, can I, can I throw a take out there? Go ahead. I don't, we haven't really blocked our bed in just yet. Usually that kind of happens organically throughout the show. And, I mean, if Mangone wants to pick quarterbacks against Tom Brady, we can play that. Me and Grant will fight over Brady. Uh, I'll take golf or whatever, dollar for dollar. And then Mangone can pick his quarterback too. Um, but receivers, I like, uh, you know, I, I like Juju to bounce back. Pittsburgh got embarrassed last week. Uh, I think he comes back strong with a home opener. Uh, reasonable price here, about like six or seven receivers down. Uh, I, I think, you know, he's the number one guy there. He's going to be a monster. He's going to have weeks where he's the best receiver on the board. Um, and I'm not afraid of that Seattle defense, that Seattle secondary, anything Seattle. Um, I, I like Juju a good bit. Like, I don't know if he's my cash guy. I don't know if the build's working just yet. But Grant, uh, 
Juju's one of my top top receivers that are uh, at least jumping out to me on a Monday night. Yeah, I mean, people forget that the Patriots tend to try and lock down the number one <clears throat> target on any given team. And now without Antonio Brown there, Juju is going to be the obvious focal point of that passing offense is being played in Pittsburgh, which gives him another bump. But Seattle, fourth, like, they kind of try and shut down the middle of the field there. Like, get – I think tight ends had a 15% target rate, the lowest in the league against Seattle last year, and they didn't really let too much into the running back. So, it was more forced to the outside. And Juju – He's going to be working all over the field, but he's probably going to be in for a pretty big game here. I don't mind that at all. And looking up at the top, like Adams going up against Minnesota, Michael Thomas going up against the Rams could be fine. Hopkins going up against the Jags, right? No one really has any good matchup outside of Keenan Allen and Juju up near the top. And those are my top two guys up at the top. What do you say, Mangone? Yeah, so, like, what about Michael Thomas, though, man, against the Rams? Like, I, I think that's a phenomenal spot for him to really have a good game. So, Michael Thomas is good, but Juju is definitely an interesting option there at 7,500. I'm curious about the injury. I'm not that worried about it, but we'll see how things develop throughout the week. Uh, yeah, Keenan Allen, he's perfectly fine, too. But uh, we haven't mentioned, right, when, with, there no, with there being no Tyree Kill, like, I mean, what do we do with Sammy Watkins? Like, 7,200, like, uh, Dean, is that, is that too egregious of a price for you to pay? But there's no Tyree Kill. I mean, he's not in my cash games, but, like, if you're playing tournaments, he's got to be in your, your tournament pool. And, you know, we kind of mentioned Hardman was on the field. He just wasn't doing anything, but he's a body out there for sure. Uh, they bumped that price up really aggressively. Let's put it that way. You know, he, he's super expensive. You know, he, he's more expensive than Phelan, uh, Edelman, Hilton. You know, just kind of run down the list. Woods. When, I never really know what they'll do with the Rams receiver, but I think Woods are the most targets, if I'm not mistaken, taking a glance. And that game, you know, they should, uh, you know, have plenty of opportunity against the Orleans at secondary. That defense did not look particularly well. And uh, outside the Dome, I don't like them so much either. Um, yeah, just to answer your question there, Mango, I'm like, you can't pay 7-2 for Watkins in cash, can you? Like, and this is probably a different guy. And, like, he's always been a guy that's kind of in and out of the lineup. And when he's healthy, he's legit. And it is Oakland. So maybe he's worth considering. But it's, what, $300 less than my boy Juju? I, I can't do it in cash. Yeah, it's tough, right? Like, I just – it's so – it's funny, right? Because you just see it there and you're just like, man, like, where are all the targets going to go? And it's, it's the Raiders, right? Like, you guys tell me how Tom Brady is going to absolutely smash the Dolphins. Well, are the Chiefs going to absolutely smash the Raiders? And who's yeah. going to do it, right? Like, why don't I want Sammy Watkins then? Well, because there's McCoy and there's Williams and there's Kelsey and, and there's the – you know, there's just so many different options as far as running up the score. It's the same thing with the wing one. It's maybe you just want the quarterback. Maybe you want Mahomes. Maybe you want, maybe you want Brady. He's kind of like – you know, if you avoid those running back touchdowns, you're good. No, yeah, that's perfectly fair. But I, it's just, it's worth the conversation, right? Like, we have to have the conversation this week. Like, what are we doing with Sammy Watkins at 7,200? Like, it's definitely something you have to discuss. So, I uh, thought it was, uh, you know, interesting. And I like how DraftKings obviously priced him up. And obviously, they priced him because of the performance, too. But uh, it helps, right? I don't, like, like granted, I know I'm going to play a lot of Tyrell Williams next week because of his price. But I don't like when it's like that. I like when the guys are priced accordingly and there's actual decisions that have to be made. So, uh, that's how I feel. One guy I think that's interesting, though, in the mid-tier that I wanted to bring up was Tyler Boyd, right? Um, again, like I always think the Niners, right? They're not that great of a defense. Uh, and there should be a lot of back and forth in that game. And Tyler Boyd really got fed a bunch in that game early. Uh, and I'm a big Tyler Boyd fan. I think he's a really good player. I think he's a really, really nice option here. Um, one question I'll ask you, Grant, what do you do with the Rams receivers, right? Because we're expecting a lot of, uh, you know, we're expecting a, a lot of points to be scored. We're expecting a shootout. Who do you want? Do you want Cooper Cup? Do you want uh, Woods or do you want uh, Brandon Cooks? It's the same thing every single week. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
is the answer. <laughs> That's my answer. Like, it, it's, I'll mix, I'll do five Ram stack and I'll do wide receivers in every single one of them. And I'm not, whoever fits, it's just whoever fits into that stack goes in that stack. Oh, did I miss something? Did Ben Go just become the host of this podcast? I feel like that just happened. <laughs> Listen, Dean, someone had to make sure we stayed on track and Grant actually got to talk about, you know, the mid-tier of this position, okay? Because you took Oh, it felt like I talked about the mid-tier when you weren't paying attention earlier. <laughs> Too busy tweeting about your Tyrell Williams basketball shit. <laughs> he's, he's stroking himself with CSU, giving him a like. He's all excited over there. <laughs> I just thought it was really, really funny that he liked, he liked the tweet and then, like, literally just, like, made fun of people for taking the victory laps. I just thought it was really funny. <laughs> Maybe it was a sarcastic like. I don't know. There should be a button for that. Uh, Mangone, continue. What, what else should we talk about? Yeah, I mean, uh, let's see. Well, D.D. Westbrook, my guy that I said was going to be above, uh, you know, $5,000 for the rest of the season. Let's take a price check. He is $5,400. So, uh, yeah, going up against the Texans, uh, expect some back and forth game. Uh, you know, I think he's still a really good option, right? He's like the – I don't know if he's the only show in town, but it feels like he's the only show in town. Uh, how, how are you still so high on him? Why? He did, he did fine last week. He did fine, but the How only show in guy? town, he was the third wide receiver. He oh, is the guy. Come on. You know that. We've <laughs> said this before. We've literally said this before, and Big Dick Foles is not in the game anymore. <laughs> I, I'm still not worried about it. I think Didi, I think he's due for a really big season. I'm not really that worried about it. Who do you think is going to be the guy that's scared? Like, who is going to be the number one option there for you? Uh, I don't think there's really going to be that much of a number one option. I think it's going to be essentially the same as it has been with the Jaguars in the past, where they have three guys that potentially go off. Last year it was Cole, Lee, and Didi. Any one of them could go off in any given game. Right now it's Chark, it's uh, Conley, and it's Didi. All of them are fine options. And Didi, I believe, is the most expensive of the three. How much are the other guys? So yeah, DJ they're 4,500 for Chark and Marquise Lee is 4,200. I'm way more confident in Didi. He's a really talented player. Conley's 4,200. Guys, we can just pick different Jaguars wide receivers for a bet. I don't have a hard stance on this. Like, I, I'm not, I don't feel, you know, Conley had a revenge game last week, by the way. Narrow Street crushed last week. You know, uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, there's, there's a couple other good ones. And that Narrow Street plays also. Uh, Sean Jackson? Yeah, D-Jax. He, yeah, he was a great play, too. He ended up in some of my cash games. Victory lap number two. Whoever <laughs> at the over one and a half victory laps, cash your ticket. Uh, I just sort of value like the speed receivers. And that, that's the sort of, especially, in, you know, in tournaments. And I end up saying, just screw it. I went a little YOLO as far as having cash games too. He's a portion of my cash games. And that's why I like Brown as well. And I'm sure you like that too. Uh, Grant, you know, pairing him with your boy in Buffalo. I assume that's one of your uh, favorite combinations this week. Who wouldn't Brown? The quarterback for Buffalo. Why am I forgetting his name for some reason? Allen and Brown, yes. Yeah, well, I've, I've gone over that twice already. If you weren't paying attention, yes, Brown, Beasley, and Allen is going to be a staple in my stacking until people actually figure it out. Beasley's really cheap at 3-8, too. Yeah, and he got nine targets last week. So, so, you're, so, so you're telling me that, that uh, Grant is playing Allen and Beasley all season long because, like, no one's ever going to figure out that that's – like, that's never going to be, like, a 20% owned stack, right, Dean? Well, twenty percent is an egregious number. Come on, stop it. You get, yeah. you get what I'm saying, Dean. Well, I mean, but there's a difference between twenty percent and five percent or four <laughs> percent. Yeah, I mean ten percent. What I'm trying to say is, no one's catching on. Like, it's not, you know, it's it's like fetch. It's not, it's not catching on. Oh boy, <laughs> it's a callback. <laughs> are we done with shenanigans? Are we ready? I'm done with the show. Are you ready to move on to shenanigans? Because you have tweets or consequences. We got to make our bet at some point. 
how about this, Mango? Give me, give me a game stack or two. Like, what's kind of jumping out to you? Because we kind of separated, you know, the KC-Oakland game, 53 and a half as of right now. New Orleans Rams, 53. And then everything else is just sort of in the mix. Of course, the New England-Miami game is 47 and a half, but that pie is cut really funky because, you know, New England's 18-point favorites. And, you know, Baltimore against Arizona is a 45. And, like, it's all a bunch of 40s, basically. Nothing else really jumps off the board. But tell me on your first look, which game you think is the potential to shoot out amongst these uh, numbers in the 40s? Yeah, I mean, I get it, right? Like, New Orleans Rams, like, that's that's the number one game. I, I totally understand. I know people will be all over that one. Like I said before, I like the idea of that Seattle-Pittsburgh game shooting out a little bit. I think that's an intriguing game that uh, is stackable. And I also like the idea of stacking up that San Francisco and Cincinnati game as well. That's another one that I like that could be a really interesting game to attack. So, I, at first look, those are the two games I'd be looking at as, like, the – you know, lower owned tournament stacks that maybe people aren't going to. But obviously, you know, the game of the week is going to be uh, the Rams and the uh, Saints. We didn't talk about it. The whole, the, the girl, the, the running backs, the Rams, are they playable? How playable are they for you? They're, no. No, okay. they're not playable. I, no, I, I hard, hard pass over here. The fact that Gurley's not getting that much touchdown equity, which could change, but the fact that he's still 7K, getting a reduced timeshare and possibly not getting that much touchdown equity is just a massive I'm Brown's a little interesting at 4-1. I'll play Brown before I play Gurley at 7, I think. But I don't think I'm playing either. Yeah, I'm not playing either. Yeah. Um, and Gur- you see Gurley just kind of take a step. Like, he could have, like, hit, like, you know, put his shoulder down, you know, bang his helmet and somebody grab, like, five more yards. He's like, nah, I'm just going to step out of bounds. Did you all see that? It's just like, yeah. And I get it. I don't want to bang my head on anybody either. But, like, I'm not getting paid for it, you know, to do that either. But, uh, all right. Uh Grant, give me a couple of game stacks you like. Game stacks? Buffalo game stack. We already talked about how the targets are going to be forced to Ingram and Shepard. We know that in all likelihood, if if Josh Allen goes off, they're going to have to be passing the ball late in the game, which means a huge amount of huge amount of points in PBR leagues to both those guys there. So taking a full-on game stack allows you to pay up with pretty much all three running backs. Like a full game stack with Allen, Brown, um, Beasley, Ingram, and Shepard allows you for seven or, yeah, I think 7K for the rest of your players. Yeah, uh, for what it's worth, Shepard, uh, talk about it. I think he might have had like a concussion, so I'm not really sure if he's cleared to go next week. Just well, keep... then it'll be even more passes to Ingram and an even better game stack. Yeah, but if you're if you're building a game stack of that game, which, uh, Grant, I, I, I think it's a good one. I'm definitely a fan of it. Like, you're not, you're not winning by stacking that game and not playing – Saquon Barkley, right? Like that's just not happening. We said top three running backs. Yeah. As as long as you're playing Barkley in there, like that's perfectly fine. Like I just I wouldn't be building, uh, you know, a Bills Giants sack and not playing Barkley. (laughs) I mean, I don't think it's the worst idea in the world. Barkley's going to be in for a big game, but like, who says that all the touchdowns come to a nine K price tag? What are the odds that that actually fully pays off? I think it's decent, but you could potentially go for a lower own game stack and go with Shepard if Shepard is playing. Shepard's not playing, then I just you have your game stack right there. It's Barkley, Ingram, and then a full Buffalo stack. Yeah, that, that 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 not playing Barkley in that game stack feels like a worse idea than my my Tom Brady talk earlier in the pod. <laughs> that was a that was the serious part of our podcast. Now we're gonna, gonna get the shenanigans. You know, Grant, we usually like to encourage people to uh, you know talk in the the comments, you know, on the Rotogrinders page, and we we did a good job of that last year. We gave away an RG T shirt, you know, kind of encourage people to. To say something, I'm going to put you on the spot. Well, well what should we have? Uh, we didn't, you know, discuss this or anything, but you always have something on, on layaway for you. And I'm saying what works. Got to buy yourself some time. What should we put in there, uh, you know, this week to maybe encourage people to 
they give us some comments in there just or even like answer some kind of goofy question like the, the, our favorite answer we give them a t-shirt i mean i don't i don't think the thing that was immediately off the top of my head was going to be appropriate um, <laughs> the third thing, give me the third thing. <laughs> yeah the first thing off my second thing is not good either yeah the third thing is what's the weirdest thing that has probably been found with a stomach x-ray or an mri in someone's stomach or lower stomach what what's the fourth <laughs> thing <laughs> well, this, Grant, while you Grant, while you think of something good i will clarify something so like if you do listen to this podcast you can listen on itunes right you can also listen on the rotor grinds grinders page uh we're looking for the comments in the rotor grinders comment section like not on itunes so if like you're you're putting those comments on itunes they won't be seen so i do want to clarify podcast by the way to ever say don't comment in itunes <laughs> i'm pretty sure guys comment on itunes no you should comment on itunes right give us the likes give us all those fun things say it's a great pod but if you want to contribute in this conversation dean if you want to win a t-shirt yes you do it in the roto grinder section that's what i'm trying to mention that's worst first first date story there you go. That, that, that's good. Give us your worst first, wait, worst first date story. Um, and do we need proof? I guess there's probably not going to be proof for this, but we're I just mean, even if it's a made up one, if it's hilarious, I'll give it to him. <laughs> it has to be believable. If it's actually true and not believable, then that'll just be impressive. Who's the judge of that? Like if it's so, if it's so preposterous and so bad, it's probably going to be like, wow, I can't believe that happened. I am the judge, the jury, and the executioner here, Dean. I decide. <laughs> You're the judge, the jury, the executioner. Mangone's the current host of this podcast as well. Um, I'm just. Mangone, you got any word for state stories? Mangone. Oh, you're asking me? No, I, I got nothing for you. <laughs> no, we, I'm sure. Grant, Grant, do you want to share one, or you want to keep? You want to hold it off on the holster for next week? I mean, I don't know if I have anything that weird other than multiple times I've thrown up on a first date. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh, we still continued. She never knew. Wait, you never made it clear? You went to the bathroom or something like that? or Yes. <laughs> yeah, we've had this conversation off air, how you're like the most, you're the classiest person of throwing up. We I actually had this conversation. the most accurate and low-key vomiter you will ever meet. You know, Liam Neeson says we, we all have a skill. This will be your very specific skill. <laughs> That's one of It's beer chugging and then whatever the opposite of beer chugging is. And again, if we if it wasn't clear, we reiterated you know a few minutes ago. This is the nonsense portion of this podcast. If you're ready for like football analysis, or want football analysis, feel free to step away. Just got another a few seconds or so because um, we have to make our bet. What are we doing here, Grant? Oh gosh, this is interesting. Um, we could do quarterbacks. I can take Josh Allen. You can take Brady. Mangone can take whoever else you decide on. Mangone. I mean, if that's what you guys want to do. Uh... Like, I want Juju. You guys like elite the, receivers? Yeah, the problem is the range. Like, I, I'm definitely down to going – I don't want to touch the Tom Brady thing. I just want to, like, pretend math, that never man, happened. It's math. It's dollar for dollar. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to I move to the – I like the elite receiver idea. I like going – Who's your there. cash game QB right now, man going? I don't – dude, that's not how – like, I don't know who it is because I don't care about re- quarterback <laughs> until, like, the end. You already I, said Jared Goff is probably your guy. It's probably Goff for me right now at least. Maybe right now, but uh, – I'd rather okay. Rather, you you don't get an automatic lock pick. These are supposed to be bold calls. Well, I don't I don't want to be a bold call on Jared Goff. You know who my bold call is? I like Michael Thomas. I think Michael Thomas is the highest scoring top end receiver. Dean thinks Juju is the hot top scoring receiver in that in the high end range. What about if we you, just Jared? go point per dollar? Give Adam, me John you Brown. again. You want to double down? No, just give me John Brown if we're doing point per dollar. Oh, that's a jerk move because you got to be in a similar tier. That's a jerk move. It's they're two k away. So you're essentially getting four points, roughly. 
Yeah. We didn't have to bust out the calculator last week. That wasn't necessary. I, I did the math in my head. <laughs> you definitely lost. We might need it with John Brown. But Who was even your guy last week? A Curtis Samuel did crap. He didn't do anything. But I, I, I was beating you up until like the last two minutes. Samuel was at <laughs> 1.2 points. <laughs> he did just enough. <laughs> Scoreboard. Um, yeah. Uh, so you want Brown. I'll take Juju and Mangone takes a – what do you want, Mangone? Thomas? I want Michael Thomas. Oh, Mangone's never going to do a tweet. Like he just takes all the chalk. Unbelievable. You yeah, like Michael Thomas is definitely chalk. Like I don't know if he is. Well, he's the nuts. He's a really good player. Dean, it doesn't matter because Mangone's eventually going to start making bad decisions. Oh, okay. I'm looking you, forward so to it. You that. get him into a false sense of security. I'm playing the long game. So you're saying you're rope-a-doping him right now? Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but I have your tweet, by the way. Uh, this is the tweet you have to write out to the people. Now, I'm going to modify this, I suppose. This is probably too long. We might go a completely different direction because I didn't really spend a lot of time on it. Are you I was writing gonna... me a novel? A Twitter it's novel? It's not a novel. <laughs> but it is probably too long. Um, so we all know what Chop won the Million Maker this week. Good for him. Congratulations. And that's why Mango is – are people not listening to our podcast because it was in the Chop podcast first? Because I feel that's like – That's not until the next day. We come out the day before. They come out all right. on Wednesday. Fair enough. Uh, once, once that pod's out, though, we're on the back. We're done. <laughs> oh, wait, oh, we got to hear what this guy's to say. You want a million bucks. Who needs to reach bucks? <laughs> Screw these guys. Um, so here you go, Grant. You ready? Yeah. All right, this is the tweet you got to fire out there tomorrow. Uh, everyone out here on Twitter slurping chop for what a good person he is, but I can say from personal to indisputable experience, it's quite the opposite. It was four years ago in Vegas. I can distinctly remember holding the door open for him a good five seconds. Dude waltz right through. No thank you. No head nod. Nothing. F that guy. I hope he grows broke. I hope he goes broke. I don't want to insult chop. <laughs> that's just mean. I know. Dean <laughs> also wrote you a novel. That's, dude. The, yeah. whole, that's the whole point, though. Is I'm going to have to start a blog just to get that in. <laughs> <laughs> I will whittle it down so it works. Is this something you don't want to – I mean, you know, he knows your joke. Ch- Chop's a jokester. You know, you could, you could send him a red, uh, red box coupon. You'll be fine. I mean, we'll have to modify the tweet, but oh boy. them's the rules. Unbelievable. We have All to right. modify it because it's a novel and won't fit in seven tweets. No, it's it's only like 50 characters over, give or take. But give like, or take 100. No, it's only like 71, I guess, if, I'm, if you want to get all tactical on me. but uh, You notice that most of my followers are illiterate and they won't make it past like the third word. <laughs> I was just trying. I wanted to, everybody was saying like, you know, Chop, great guy, love Chop. Uh, couldn't happen to a nicer guy, best guy in the industry. And, you know, we all like, I think, I don't want to speak for everybody, I think we all like Chop, and I just thought it'd be funny if you had to take the position that he, you know, F him. <laughs> yeah, we'll work Chop, and I guess I'm insulting Chop. <laughs> you don't have to add him, necessarily. Maybe you should, I don't know. But, uh, yeah. And some people probably will have no idea, because not everyone listens to the podcast, but, you know. Have we decided, are we putting a hashtag on it, too? Uh, what's the hashtag we're doing? Is that not a thing anymore? Is it? Absolutely epic pod or epic pod or like just the letters. Epic pod. Yeah, just epic pod. We're stealing that. Oh, yeah. One. I forgot. I forgot. You have to add the hashtag at the end. I almost forgot the rules. That could have been way worse. <laughs> then everybody knows you're Joshin. You know, they all know you're just kidding around because the hashtag, I guess. And again, you can't respond if anybody says, like, you're just a big jealous jerk and you suck. What have you ever won? You just got to take it. 
I'm, I'm pretty good at taking it. <laughs> from, from, all, from all the Twitter talk I saw today, like, guys are going to be like, dude, yeah, man, you're the best, dude. Those 150 guys are the worst. He got lucky. <laughs> oh, if I, if I could roll out 50 laps, I guarantee I'd win it. I don't get how anyone could possibly think that's a rational argument, considering there's a quarter arcade. So if you're <laughs> playing over $15 a week, you have zero ability to use that as an excuse. The key word uh, there, Grant, was rational. Well, Dean, I don't know if you know this, but every single person on Twitter is rational. Well, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> Including CSU Ram, who's still liking uh, Mangone's tweets, and he's still excited about it. Mangone, give me, give me a final thought. Uh, you want to make a bold call or something like that as far as a slate before he has step aside and get out of here? Yeah, um, dude, this slate is not good. Like, I'm not a huge fan of this slate at all. But, uh, yeah, we'll go with the um, – We'll go with my favorite stack. It's uh, We'll go with the Seattle Seahawks, that game. The Seattle Seahawks and Pittsburgh Steelers. It goes over by uh, 10 points. How's that? Build, build it for me. Like, like you're, saying, you're saying just like the over or like build the stack, like just in, in your head. Like give me like it's like a three-man and a, and a two-man you're away or what are the pieces? Yeah. Uh, we'll, go with, uh, we'll go with Russell Wilson, Chris Carson. Uh, Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, uh, Tyler Lockett for the bounce back, and, uh, you know, Juju. Okay, if you're going to sleep on Juju, I was going to, I was going to be a little upset about that. But uh, all right, Grant, see that, raise it, do whatever you want. I literally already told you the stack. Well, say a new one. Say a new one? Okay, yeah, you, just want to, you want me to give away half my teams? <laughs> Fine. It's Monday night, man. Case Nobody's Keenum, three guys, and Zeke. <laughs> three guys? That's preposterous. Chris Thompson and two wide receivers. You know how much you spend on that? Like $4. Well, the thing is, you don't know. Yeah, it, it could be Richardson this week for all we know. But, like, it's a bunch of no-namers. But, yeah, there are some darks there. They're super cheap. They're all really, really cheap on DK. Uh, Quinn is still 3-9. McLaren is still 3-8. Yeah, uh, that could be interesting. There you go. Richardson, Thompson, McLaren. You've now Juju. spent no more than 4K for a wide receiver or running back. Juju puts up 150 yards, 10 catches, two touchdowns. Uh, you know, people forget about how terrible Pittsburgh was the first week. That's it. That's the absolute epic pause. Thank that podcast. Thank you for listening. He's Grant. He's Bangone. I'm Dean. We're out of here. Holler. See you, kids.